The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. We could learn today whether Austin City Council will choose to get rid of the city's top executive. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. I'm Erica Brennis. Council will hold a special meeting today to discuss city manager, city manager Spencer Cronk's position. It will also discuss an agreement with the Austin Police Association. And KXAN's Grace Reader is diving into how we got here and what comes next. More than four years after Austin City Council last approved an agreement with the Austin Police Association to work towards a deal that may be acceptable to council. The debate is once again laser focused on oversight, how and who investigates officers and how they're disciplined. Last week, Austin City Manager Spencer Cronk and the Austin Police Association announced they'd come to a four year agreement in principle. But in Austin, City Council ultimately signs off. We have been briefing council both in executive session and in the public around these negotiations. We've asked him to make sure that we are okay with a four-year contract before presenting it to the public as a done deal. Some city council members say it's far from a done deal. Councilmember Chito Vela put forward a resolution to table the four-year agreement altogether and instead negotiate a one-year extension because the other caveat here is there's an election in May. We should not take steps to undermine the will of the voters before they have even had a chance to vote. There will be two police oversight propositions on your ballot this spring, and that opens a whole other can of worms. The issue that we have is that this effort, uh, they've given the same name as ours. The same name, but they're not the same. One is backed by a social justice group, the other has ties to the police association we learned. Regardless of which voters want, the concern some city council members have is that a new contract with the police union will erase the will of the voters. Petitions should go to the voters. Grace Reader, KXAN News. First warning weather with meteorologist Sean Kelly. Hey, good Wednesday morning, everyone. We are starting off your day with temperatures here, a little bit on the cool side into the 50s. It's cloudy, but... At least it's not rainy out there. We have some chilly temperatures in a few areas out in the hill country from Lano down through Fredericksburg at 43 degrees. Metro temperatures right now into the 50s and 40s out at the airport. Nice and cool there as well. Buda sitting at 46, 50s and 60s further out towards the east. So again, yeah, yesterday this time we had a few rain showers out there. That's not the case. Just a cloudy sky. We'll eventually see these clouds clear a little bit here, not full on sunny sky, but partly cloudy skies into the afternoon and evening. And look at these temperatures, spring like weather today, gonna be a beautiful one, but here it is, it comes to an end. Cold front arriving tonight, bringing us a shot of rain and a big drop in the temperatures here. These are afternoon highs. We should be at 67 degrees, so unseasonably chilly weather all the way through the weekend. To add to that, We'll be dealing with a freeze for some, not all, but some or many that is just outside of the city of Austin will be at that freezing mark. So we've got some cold weather ahead. Coming up, we'll talk about those rain chances we'll see and how much we could see across the area. I will never forget the screams of my classmates. It shouldn't be that we are having to protect ourselves by barricading doors, hiding in basements. We have to be calling our loved ones and not wanting to hang up the phone because we're not sure if it's the last time we'll talk to them. 
emotional interviews there as students and families at Michigan State University now mourning the deaths of three students. A gunman killed them in a mass shooting Monday night. Those students have been identified as Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, and Alexandria Werner. This morning, five more victims remain hospitalized. They are in critical condition. Campus police say the 43-year-old gunman wasn't a student and did not have any obvious ties to Michigan State. Police say they found a note in Anthony McRae's pocket that made threats against schools in Ewing, New Jersey. Officials have since determined that the incident was isolated to Michigan and that there is no ongoing threat. MSU canceled classes for the rest of the week. They will resume those classes on Monday. The mass shooting has had many here in Austin distraught, especially one Lakeway family, which had trouble contacting their son, their son, a student at Michigan State. He tells us he wants to see more safety measures across university campuses. KXAN's Tahara Rahman spoke to the family and followed up on some past safety promises that the University of Texas has made. That's the sound Austin parents Michelle and Shout Wynn heard over and over as they tried to reach their son, Connor, at Michigan State University. That was really a, a tough go. A panic that his little sister couldn't shake, even after finding out that Connor and his girlfriend were out of town. We tried to let her know that Connor was safe, but until she heard his voice, she did not believe it. She she was just really struggling. Connor says the shooting has changed him. The places that you go every day where you're supposed to feel safe, you don't feel safe anymore. A feeling that resonates with some UT students. Who wants to be afraid to like go to school and get an education? It's not something that we should be afraid of, but it, it is. In 2020, UT announced $8 million towards safety improvements, including adding 13 more officers and creating a halo camera system in West Campus. Those changes have been made according to their website. After a stabbing spree on campus in 2017, UT said all building managers would receive training for CPR, AED, and hemorrhage control. We're still waiting to hear back if that has happened. I would just like to see more preventative measures and things that I think that can help. Connor hopes his school's tragedy will push college campuses to do even more when it comes to safety because the trauma can cut deep even a day later and more than a thousand miles away. I, I kind of broke down a little when I heard that they were safe and not fighting for their lives there. Tahira Rahman, KXAN News. We did ask UT if the tragedy at Michigan State University prompted school leaders to take another look at their safety measures. UTPD sent us a statement only saying it understands existing threats in society and that it works with the campus community and law enforcement partners to help keep everyone safe. Digging deeper on this, the murder of a UT student in 2016 sparked changes in and around campus. Police say a man attacked and killed Haruko Weiser while she walked to her dorm. Shortly after Weiser's murder, UT added more lighting, video cameras, and access cards in more than 30 classrooms. And last year, more than 600 street lamps in West Campus were upgraded. That improved lighting in an area where thousands of college students live. A homeless camp in South Austin cleaned up, where the city now plans to put all of those people displaced. And how rain could actually be making your allergies a little worse. Good morning, a live look outside from the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center in South Austin. Some clouds overhead, 
but a nice start to this Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us. Austin police need your help identifying a man they say shot and robbed another man. Happened near South Pleasant Valley Road and Stastny Lane. This was last month on the 10th. If you recognize who this is, please call police. And the state commission that sets training standards and provides oversight of law enforcement departments in this state here in Texas, you can see a significant change. Members of a state watchdog group, the Sunset Advisory Commission, just came out with a new recommendation for the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement, or TCOL. One of the big changes would allow TCOL to set and enforce minimum standards for law enforcement agencies. This would be a huge revamp and could rein in how many departments are created and exist. State lawmakers still have to approve those changes, though. Meantime, more people are off of Austin streets. The city moving a total of 60 people from a South Austin homeless camp. This is over near Menchaca Road and Ben White Boulevard. They are now in temporary bridge shelters as part of the HEAL initiative. HEAL carries out closures of homeless camps that pose the highest public health and safety risks. People experiencing homelessness on site were offered transfer to shelter and connection to housing resources. The camp is now officially closed and there will be law enforcement present during the cleanup. A man's body found in Lady Bird Lake after a night out on Rainy Street. What his family is now asking the city to do that could help keep others safe. New bills unveiled at the Texas State Capitol related to guns. What victims' families are saying to try and stop the next mass shooting. Less than two weeks from the opener for Austin FC, and they take care of some important business on Tuesday. I've got more on that coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning. A live look from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera down in Buda. Traffic is flowing smoothly along I-35. Erica doing double duty, watching uh, the traffic and covering that, also anchoring this morning. We appreciate you being here with us. Allergies. They are a serious drag, and most of us have them. They not only vary from season to season, though, but also with the weather. Let's start with the basics about pollen. Just like humans, trees and plants reproduce. Some of them rely on help from butterflies and bees, but others rely on the wind. In the cold winter months, when days are short, cedar trees get in the mood. And the male trees release pollen into the wind. That pollen can be carried several miles downwind until it lands on and pollinates a female tree. Okay, okay, back to the weather. Since cedar trees rely on the wind to pollinate, cedar pollen levels are the highest on dry, windy days. The same is true for oak trees in the spring. But rain can actually help people who suffer from allergies. During heavy rain, falling raindrops act like a magnet for floating pollen, collecting them on the raindrop surface and depositing them into the ground. This leaves less pollen floating around in the air, and allergy sufferers can breathe a sigh of relief. But rain doesn't always help. Moisture makes mold spores grow, while dust mites also thrive in wet, humid weather. 
And it's not just rain. Changes in air pressure and temperature can also cause your allergies to flare. Thanks for that report, David. With Central Texas still booming, the city of Kyle just got a boost to help fight droughts. Congressman Lloyd Doggett announced $2 million secured in federal funding for the city's reclaimed water master plan project. The money will go toward an infrastructure project to reclaim water for other purposes like landscaping at public parks rather than just sending it down the drain. Yeah, we, we, can think, we, we certainly yeah, need water. Anything we can do to conserve water. Yeah, yeah I mean, we had a little bit of rain yesterday, yeah. but I mean, it was like a trace to was. a few hundredths mm. of an inch of it rain. It was a sprinkle. It was a yeah. sprinkle, and <laughs> yeah. it all evaporated with this strong wind. So yeah, we are uh, in dire need of some rain, and here's why. Look at the drought situation continuing to get worse by the week. We are in that severe to exceptional, extreme, drought from Lampasas all the way down through Blanco into San Marcos, Dripping Springs area. So we do need the rain and we are not going to see it today. We do have a few showers in the forecast, which I'll get to for later on tonight. But let's talk about the winds because of the ongoing drought and because of the strong gusty winds that we're going to continue to see today. Today's going to be another high alert for uh, fire danger, including especially tomorrow when we get some really dry winds kicking in out of the north. So today we're in the medium category here for uh, much of the metro, but uh, heading over to the hill country, high to very high risk from Mason County down through San Saba. Look at this. It expands for almost everyone here for the day tomorrow because the humidity drops significantly. So that is going to be a major situation tomorrow. Any initial spark will be able to spread rapidly under those conditions. A live look out in Buda. You can see traffic moving along there smoothly. It is a comfortable start to your morning, a little bit cooler than yesterday at this time. It's 54 in Land Passes, 49 in Burnett, 45 in Lano. You'll see these temperatures here. We're getting up into the 80s today. We reached 80 degrees yesterday. Can you believe it? Even warmer and for many today into the middle 80s, perhaps for a few areas. But then here comes our cold front that we're seeing later on tonight. This will be a stronger front that moves in overnight tomorrow morning. Winds kicking out of the north. Temperatures plummet and will stay in the 50s. Maybe a few areas stay in the 40s for highs. Right now, it's cloudy area-wide. The first half of the day will be a bit cloudy, but eventually the clouds do clear. This model here showing a spot shower possible by lunchtime. A low end, probably more than likely 10% chance to see this. So the majority of us do stay dry throughout the day today. We see that afternoon sun, the temperatures warm up. Here comes our cold front moving in and our rain chance. Basically only from the metro and out towards the east, a few isolated rain showers, few hundredths of an inch of rain. That's really about it. And then it's out of here by Thursday. Thursday, we're dealing with a cloudy and cold day. Here it is, those rainfall totals that we're expecting, just a few hundredths of an inch, not going to help out our drought situation. So 82 degrees for a high temperature today. Winds pretty gusty at times, and the winds will be gusty through the next few days. But again, look at that big drop in the temperatures into the day. Tomorrow, we're down into the 50s. 54 for your Friday, and then we warm up into the weekend. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. One week from Saturday, Austin FC opens up the season, and on Tuesday, business was taken care of. Sebastian Driussi has a new contract extension at Q2 Stadium with the man writing the checks, Anthony Precourt, 
the deal through the 25 season, an option for the 26 season. Second leading scorer in MLS, and he scored 22 of the 25 or the 22 of the 65 goals scored by Austin FC. Of course, they went to the Western Conference Finals, and he plays by a motto he learned as a youngster in Argentina. El querer siempre competir, el querer siempre ganar. They call it hunger for glory in Argentina, um, and it's just something that has been instilled in him since he was a child from his family and just the neighborhood that he's around. Um, and it's honestly just an Argentina thing to them, and I try, he tries to instill that to the players and coach too and try to get everyone to understand what they mean by um, the hunger for glory. So that's truly where it comes from. The challenges that are that exist are, you know, teams that have large amounts of money that can pay a significant amount for players. It is a business, so I think we do recognize at any point any of our players could be um, could be purchased or bought, and that's a good thing. I think our league has grown now that we are a selling league. We are developing talent, um, our own talent. We're bringing talent in and developing it and selling it. So those are things that we all we we should look forward to as as an organization as well. He set himself apart from from any other great player that this league's had. He really can. He's come at such a good age with such a great hunger and humility and, and already a high quality that, that we hope we can continue to build on and build around him. Muchísimo. Nunca me imaginé ser la... A lot of honor. I never would have thought that would be the face of a club. Um, nonetheless, Austin FC. So I'm just really happy and thankful, like I said before, to just be here um, and like be the face of the club. Yeah, there'll be in action tonight at Q2, but it's a closed preseason matchup against Sacramento Republic one of the top teams from the USL. Again, opener against St. Louis one week from Saturday. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. The family of a man who was found dead in Ladybird Lake is calling for more lights along the hike and bike trail. Jason John disappeared on the trail near Rainy Street on February 5th. Police confirmed they found his body in the lake yesterday. Yeah, just devastating for his family. His family wants to see more lights and that could potentially help keep others safe. A lot of people go by the lake at nighttime. Some city council members say they're on board with this. KXAN's Brianna Hollis spoke with John's brother, who still has a lot of questions about what happened. Jason John's missing persons case closed when crews recovered a body from Ladybird Lake Monday. Um, yesterday, the medical examiner was able to confirm that it is, in fact, Jason. When he was reported missing, search parties full of friends and family scoured the area looking for him. Jason was a fun, go-lucky guy. You know, he was very talkative. Um, he's the type of person that would walk into a room with no one with him and then come out with a whole bunch of friends. While his family grieves... It's been a tough 10 days. They're also calling for change. Lack of footage after the Rainy Street area. We did not know if he went down the trail or if he went on the road. Um, the lighting there is horrendous. Our office just wanted to be a resource. Council members O'Cadre and Mayor Kirk Watson want to explore additional safety options on the trail. You could have lighting on the trail while also be doing right by the environmental community. Uh, it, it, it'll make people feel safer. And I think it's also worth looking at adding things like, uh, you know, halo cameras. A 2021 study by the Trail Conservancy recognized the trail had minimal lighting and pointed to wildlife conservation, light pollution, cost, and minimal overnight use as reasons not to light the entire trail. The darkness isn't the only concern Jason's brother has. From the footage that I, that I saw, it didn't look like my brother. I do believe maybe he was drugged. He says the family did order a toxicology report as part of the autopsy. There was no visible scarring or scratches on his body, so... Um, we don't know it 100% until the autopsy is done, but um, we don't believe he was attacked. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News.
There are some safety features along parts of Ladybird Lake. There are lights along the boardwalk on the east side of the trail and lighting on the pedestrian bridge near Lamar Boulevard. There's also the security lighting program the Yasin Parks and Rec Department launched in 2017. Crews installed lights in 53 parks, a big chunk in underserved areas of the city, including south and southeast Austin. Taking a look back, there was a similar case in Austin in November 2018. A man last seen on Rainy Street ended up drowning in Lady Bird Lake. Police found the body of Martin Gutierrez six days after he disappeared. Police say they tracked Gutierrez through surveillance video from several businesses on and near Rainy Street. Investigators noticed he was with a group of friends at one point, then later seen on surveillance heading toward I-35. The medical examiner found alcohol in his blood, but no drugs. Police ruled out foul play, but Gutierrez's family believed foul play was involved. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.